Ah, all right. James? Yes. What questions would we like to ask Joey? Um, okay, so if we're bullying Joey now, um, I guess the, the question I'd ask Joey, so I, I'm always interested in like how much, because this is something I've looked into and have heaps of opinions on, but like, what's your impression of like Jesus and did he actually exist? And the, is there evidence for him? Where's do, like, as someone who hasn't looked into it and it's just in the normal culture, what's your impression of that? So the thing I always notice is that except for the Chinese, we're all using the same year system. So we're all agreeing it's 2020 and it's after Christ's birth. We started counting the years. So that's something that has always been like, hey, there's something going on there. Uh, do I believe he's the son of God? I can't tell. We might never know. Maybe we know after we die. But I know that there was an historical figure. And after that, people started counting the years with the Christian calendar because it's 2020 after birth of Christ. So was there a guy called Jesus as an historical figure? Probably yes. Uh, for, okay. the, for the rest, yeah, for like what, what kind of beliefs do I have with, how much do I believe all those things exist? That's where my agnostic side comes in. Like I am still a believer of something so God is a possibility to me, but I will never name it as God. Okay. But uh, the, the Bible and, and the stories really, uh, all religion is interesting because there's a lot of, uh, for the people who don't know, I'm kind of a nerd. I love gaming. I love books. I love fantasy. And technically all religious stories tie in there somewhere. There's a lot of fantasy stuff going on in my eyes, at least fantasy, uh, that what which is fascinating uh i remember a story that scott told me i don't know his name his name anymore because i'm terrible with names there was this guy uh, who worked for an emperor and they threw him in a lion pit and because of his belief the lions didn't eat him and then daniel. Made, book of daniel that was it yes and uh yeah so those kind of stories are fascinating to me and mm. You know, there's there's always the possibility that those are uh, because of faith. You never know. Like there's there's a million reasons that you can fill in. Like, oh, the lions didn't eat him because of this. But there's also that one possibility that God protected him that day. Mm. And then I guess my follow up to that is so like the Bible itself as like a historical source. What would your opinion of that do you think it's totally made up or do you think there's like obviously 66 different books so you've got you can't comment on everyone but like what's your impression of the bible and how accurate it may or may not be i think there's a lot of things that are mostly based on what we had before maybe not even before because morals are very difficult to put into words so a lot of things that are um guidelines of what is good and what's bad i feel like is that necessarily a thing that that um that god created for us and, and put in a book it's really difficult for me to pinpoint if that's accurate or not because it's it's been rewritten so many times which is also a good thing because there's also so many uh bad things through history within christianity or within within the church 
that are written out, which again is a good thing, and also added on uh, that are also positive. Of course, I haven't read the Bible, so I cannot really pinpoint <laughs> good examples for that, but I've listened to so many stories uh, uh, this last past year, thanks to Scott. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Uh, that, uh, yeah, that I can make that uh, assessment on it. Um, what, what do you mean by your impression that it's been rewritten? What do, what do you mean by that? Oh, I, I can imagine that the first Bible, uh, though, that it was totally different from the from from the current one. There were there was so many different cultures going on, so many uh, different things that were considered good, uh, that maybe now are considered bad like uh, typical ways of punishment or uh, ways of how people uh, were taught to behave compared to now. Like, again, I'm not really having any good examples, but that's what I've heard from a closer family because my uh, grandparents were apparently Christians. Didn't know that before. But uh, okay. they, they, they told us uh, or told me that there were stories that they changed along the way uh, again, not with uh, examples, but that made them change beliefs. Okay. So, so this is this is one of the things that kind of was I was questioning as a teenager, like how accurate is the Bible I'm reading today? Um, and I think that, and it's confusing because there are lots of different translations. And I guess you, I don't know how much you experienced that when you came to the NAVs. Like people read the Bible and there's slightly different wordings. And actually, I would say I'm fairly confident that the Bible most people reading today is the same Bible that was written in the century after Jesus. Um, like the we like Christianity over the last thousand years has been very good at questioning where are we getting this translation from? What's our original source? Uh, and being like, okay, uh, there's a new source. We'll question it. And actually, there's notes in my bible uh we've been reading john john chapter 7 i think it is where it literally says we think this is original but we're not sure so uh and it's like one it's like 11 verses but they highlight it so i think most of the bible is pretty accurate to what the original text was um so yeah i guess that would yeah. be my that's my impression of it and it's always interesting to hear other people's from my end one quick uh, thought on that as well, Joey, because um, I think you're right. If uh, if the Bible was was edited throughout history, it would certainly discredit it. Um, uh, a good example of this, and um, I only know this through the play of the Book of Mormon. I actually haven't read the Book of Mormon myself, but there's like this joke that uh, in the Book of Mormon, they used to talk about how black people were of the devil which you don't want that in your sacred text because that alienates half the world. Like they're not half, but just a ton of people. Um, we actually had a neighbor who was looking into Mormonism back in the States. She found that and she's just like, Oh, I can't believe this. Cause she was, um, yeah, she'd uh, emigrated from Africa. Uh, and, and so in about 1970s, the Mormon church kind of got wise and they're like, we need to change this we can't have this belief. And so they just, they just edited it. They just said, God gave us a new revelation. Now God is cool with black people. So welcome to the Mormon church. 
And, uh, and so if Christianity is doing that, yeah, we should have no part of it because that's silly uh, that, that humans are just saying like, oh gosh, we've got some bad beliefs. Let's just like change it up. So that's one of the things that I actually really find intriguing about the Bible is that it doesn't self-censor. Um, it, you start reading from the beginning, Genesis, and right off the bat, you're like, these are some horrible stories. These are some horrible things that humans are doing. Um, Brianna's reading right now, and she's kind of going from the beginning and going through. And, and so I'm getting all of her commentary. She's like, Scott, why is this in here? This is horrible. Uh, namely, there's a lot of polygamy, and there's a lot of horrible things that happen within the um, marriages. Um, Abraham's a great example right off the bat. He pretends like his wife is his sister so that people don't kill him because of how beautiful she is to the point that the Egyptian king tries to sleep with her until he realizes that she's actually that guy's husband. And he's like, what? Why is he tricking us? I don't want to sleep with another man's wife. Uh, why are you doing that, Abraham? And Abraham's like, well, it's because I was scared. And, and, and it's all these like, and that's just one moment. And then you go through Genesis and um, like over and over again. Then you get into Judges and Judges is by far one of the hardest books I've ever read most horrendous stories I've ever read. It's just like horrible. But I think the thing there is the Bible is not trying to present perfect examples of what it means to follow God so that we just know what to do, but more it is depicting real people in real time, trying to work out faith in God and what that means. And they make mistakes. There's a lot of mistakes in the Bible, a lot of human error. And so you can look at those stories and say, gosh, why did they leave this in here? That does not give much credibility to these great people in the biblical faith. Uh, Abraham or Moses, um, David, all like dudes that made some huge mistakes. Yet the Bible keeps them in so that me in the 21st century, little dude who is well acquainted with how much I make mistakes as a human, I can see how relatable they are and how they stayed with their faith even though they made all these mistakes. So all that to say, there's, there's overwhelming examples of how the Bible leaves in its uh, weird stories, violent stories, horrific sexual stories. Um, like there's rape in there, there's incest in there. Uh, and not that God condones those things, but it's the reality of humans trying to work out their faith in, in the world. That kind of makes sense. That makes sense. So it's fascinating to me. The Bible doesn't self-edit. And it's why I really like it. And people haven't edited the Bible. All right. Again, again I've learned something new today. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you, Joey, or if anyone's listening, totally take us to task on this. Um, my hope for this podcast is that we have a little community that in like a respectful way, no one's name calling, but just we can start to have like a community that fact checks us. So yeah, this is the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like go to town. Um, which, which is awesome. Cause I just gave an answer as someone that hasn't read it, doesn't have a big background on it and just, and just answered the question that James asked me as someone that what, what I actually think. Yeah without without any pre-knowledge so that might this might be how multiple people look at it maybe i'm maybe i'm unique maybe i just think about it that way <laughs> i think it. you're not alone <laughs> i think you're totally right i think that's the prevailing 
uh, narrative is that how could a bi- how could a how could a, a series of books put together into one Bible stay the same all that time? It's a great question, and one that actually does have a good answer to it. There's, there's, have you have you ever heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls? Yeah, by name, yes, sounds familiar. So I've been I've been watching videos about this over the last few days because it's something that I'm aware of but wasn't really sure about. Um, and essentially, there was a couple of kids uh, down by the Dead Sea uh, in Israel who were uh, playing in some caves, and all of a sudden, and they found these uh, texts. And they turned out to come from like 200 years BC. Uh, and it's essentially the entirety of the, they, they took, there's about 14 caves there that they found these texts in. And some of it is like the community that was living there and telling them the rules, like wear your clothes and don't be naked or, uh, yeah, or kind of like the calendar month, or there's a really weird thing about where they hid their treasure, but also there's an entire, Old Testament, apart from the Book of Esther, there, um, and essentially it's the same as the one that we're reading today, um, and like the the changes are kind of people might have put a comma in somewhere else, and actually it's helped us understand some words we didn't understand in some of the later uh, translations that we were using. So yeah, kind of these things keep on. It, it, it's an, it, that's, yeah, it's kind of always evolving, and kind of things that do change tend to have been confirming things as opposed to things that um, disprove the velocity of the text. Um, yeah, okay, that's actually really cool. Just finding that. <laughs> yeah, Dead Sea Scrolls kind of changed the game for Christianity because prior to that. We only had copies of books. The earliest copies were after Jesus's. Yes, about 900 AD was the oldest Old Testament we had. Um, Which is really and, long time after Jesus. Yeah. 900 years. And that, uh, so yeah, it kind of confirms that um, this guy called Jesus was reading the same Old Testament that we were, which is, I guess, important because it means that he's at least... Uh, evaluating the same text as we are, which is, yeah, it means we can understand where he's coming from a little bit better. Yeah, because one of the theories against Christianity is that the disciples made it all up, that Jesus was a teacher, and he said predominantly most of the things he's, he, he actually said, he said, or is recorded about him. Uh, miracles may be made up, maybe not true, um, but then the disciples over the course of hundreds of years, um, theology was built. The Old Testament was written to kind of like um, all loop in on top of itself, which is impressive in and of itself if that's how it happened. But then the Dead Sea Scrolls showed, no, this didn't all come in existence around you know 900 years, that um, 200 BC, so 200 years before Jesus, there was a copy of these things being written and it was very similar to what we have in 900. Yeah, because that is something I've been thinking just now is that uh, of course it's 2020 and we started counting uh, after the birth of Jesus, but the belief of God itself sh- should be older, technically speaking. 
than two billion years. Yeah, they were Jews before Jesus. Yeah. Type thing. Yeah. Yeah, so there, yeah. there should be also scriptures, other texts uh, before that. So it's kind of fascinating that, um, as an example, that uh, Jesus as the Messiah, just that, that's the, uh, that that became a focus, so to speak, and that there's, at least in, in modern day knowledge, as someone that's not religious, that there's no other people that stand out in the same type of way. At least, again, not that I know of. Oh, as like a Messiah figure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. something that, that made me curious is, uh, do you guys perhaps know of something similar or of someone similar? Well, there's, there's like the idea of so around the time of Jesus, there were plenty of messianic groups and like people who claimed to be the Messiah. Um, but uh, obviously Jesus is the one that ended up surviving, so to speak. And I believe that's because he was the Messiah. Um, but kind of, this this idea of Messiah was one that came up because the Jews were like they saw the I, I did, like they were oppressed they were under Roman oppression at the time of Jesus and they saw like they were looking for someone to save them so there were people coming and saying they would save them but obviously didn't um, and that's the other thing about Jesus kind of he was countercultural to the people at the time like they were expecting a warrior king. And he came and died on a cross, which is totally opposite to kind of what people expected from him at the time. Also, Joe, I don't know if this is what you're asking, but there is in other cultures as well, narratives of about um, a Messiah or the son of God coming down. Egyptian um, myth lore, uh, Ra, I think you might actually probably know this better than I do, but um, was the son of God, I think, or... Um, so, uh Close. He's the sun god, <laughs> the god of the sun. <laughs> knew it. I knew I was close. <laughs> you, you were close. <laughs> well, one of them, right? Who is it? Um... Um, the, the, the people, people like that. So there are kind of some stories which have some parallels yeah. in other cultures. I mean, um, so like uh, this is this Greek culture, I believe. Uh, stories of Hercules, stories of Achilles. They had ton of like uh, demigods. Uh, just walking yeah. around yeah. and not necessarily messiahs but warriors that were half god half human so over, zeus uh, zeus definitely was working overtime to get a lot of little half gods out there oh trust me you don't know half of those stories <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it, it, i guess uh, hercules is an interesting one isn't he because like so he's he's the one people know today uh because he's got a nice little cartoon made in the 90s about him. <laughs> um, but like, I, 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 like, no, there's no real, like, uh, like there's no, there's, there's obviously stories about gods and gods who had children, um, like in ancient culture, but quite often these gods were like, acted like people, like the Greek gods and goddesses are incredibly mardy. Like they just, like, <laughs> they're terrible people. <laughs> Yeah. Um, like, like Zeus, a little bit rapey, uh, like kind of, there's all sorts of like, and, and, you know, that's, yeah. And like, whereas the, this Jude, Jude Christian God, like he's the one God and he has three parts and there's the Trinity, which I really struggle as a concept to understand and explain sometime. But he, there, there is one God and he came down to earth and he was holy God and holy man. And there was no kind of, uh, you're a demigod or you're a half God. And then 
like there's no real equivalent like again going back to hercules he dies and he gets put up in the stars doesn't he whereas jesus mm. he dies and comes back to life again um and there's no real equivalent to that in the ancient world um those people try to there, there's you know there are parallels somewhere but there's no real copycat story certainly mm. from before jesus mm-hmm. i see yeah, and I think those because this is something I've heard before those those stories that predate Jesus that talk about a Messiah or um, or God coming down. I think it speaks to a universal human desire for God to come and make contact with the human world, for there to be a bridge between the divine and the earthly, and I, so I think you you will see glimpses of that theme throughout cultures, throughout religions, throughout time, because that's an, an inherent human longing to look into the cosmos, to look up at the stars, to look around at the world and say, is there more than what meets the eye? And to start to dream ab- about, yeah, is there a God? And, and who is that God? And can I know what that God is and what that God wants from me? So that, that's like the basis for all religion. Um, then you start to figure out, well, how do you answer those questions? Yeah. All right. That totally answered my question. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, <clears throat> we, we could shift gears. James, unless you had other thoughts that you wanted to jump into. I didn't. I think that was just, that's my, yeah, just find it. Yeah, it's kind of as interested to hear what Joey thought and then kind of put my opinion on it. Well. Yeah. Yeah, for real, Joe, I really appreciate, again, I just appreciate you. You're an honest person. And it's really cool to hear. Yeah, you're like, well, this is what I think. And, and, and I feel like you're a representative of what a lot of people probably think, what they might know about it. Um, and I think you've even mentioned this, Joey. That's the importance of looking into things. Uh, you had talked about within uh, Black Lives Matter. You said it's important to know the history of something, to know why they believe what they believe now to know why it got to where it got to. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, a, a big thing in America, and especially American culture, uh, a, lot of, a lot of the time, especially in shows, they bring up 200 years of slavery. That that is the most important thing that they're, that they're battling against right now to this day. And I figured like, yeah, but slavery was before that. So why is this so important? And I read this very specific book that showed how horrific those two, last 200 years actually were. So knowing why it's so important and why people tackle that now is, is learning of the history that comes with it. And I feel the same with religion and getting an opinion out about that. It's like first understanding not all of it, because it's way too much, but a, a lot of it so that you can have a good uh, base opinion about it before mm-hmm. speaking out or speaking with. Yeah, it's good to be informed. It's good to look into yeah. things. Yeah. I, I, especially with things like religion and books of the Bible, that's, that's there as well. Like if you're reading the Bible quite often, uh, knowing the context for the book is important because that'll make a difference to how you read it. Because the the Bible is written really, uh, there's a lot of different styles in there. You know, there's poetry, there's biography, there's a bit of history. And then there's um, some of it, which is, uh, I forget the name now, but it's very like revelations and sort of Genesis, which is not necessarily uh, literal. 
or it's the kind of it's a bit more dreamlike and like knowing the context of how this has been written or even when it's been written like especially some of the old book old testament books um we're going through in another bible group a book called habakkuk um where like it's old testament and it's obscure and knowing the history really helps uh to kind of understand what's being written in the text and that's something that's very important i think when you're exploring these things and can be forgotten also since we're on the bible i'll do this last last bit <laughs> i was just thinking about i i also looked into some of the uniqueness of the bible and joy i don't know if you can tell me if you know any of these statistics but um james already mentioned it's 67 books so it's not just one book 67 six, different six, books 66 Dang 66 um, edit this out okay 66 books <laughs> keep um, it in there keep it in there for sure dang, dang, dang. okay uh 66 books wow i feel like i really feel like i counted that wrong okay <laughs> I, I threw in one of the apocrypha i just uh, threw tobias in in there um so 66 i guess it depends on if you're catholic or if you're protestant um but it's written in uh, three different languages. So you've got Koine Greek, which is like common Greek. That is New Testament. Um, and it's, the reason it's written in that, because this is like Roman Empire. So you're like, why is it not written in Latin? What the heck? But it's because of Alexander the Great and his empire that previously had, had conquered all of those regions all the way down to Egypt. They, that was the common language that everyone spoke, Koine Greek. So they wanted the the Bible to be in that common language that everyone used. It's written in Hebrew, Old Testament, and then it's re- written in Aramaic, which is um, coming out of the Persian Empire. That was the language that was used there. So then it's written on three different continents. So you've got uh, the start of Europe down there in Greece and the different letters that Paul's writing. That's like post-Jesus. Um, Aramaic is... Uh, a lot of like the, some of the histories. Um, and that is in the Persian. That's like modern day Iran. That's like where that was taking place, at least the events. I don't know exactly where it was written. Um, and then you've got Middle East. And so that's, you know, obviously where Israel is and stuff. And it's written over a time period of, and this is the one I don't quite know, although obviously I didn't know the books either, but uh, 1,200 years, I'm pretty sure. Which is basically like um, from today all the way back down to 1200 AD, which what was even happening in 1200 AD? People were fighting with swords still. Um, Amsterdam didn't exist. Really? Oh, crazy. Yes. No, no, definitely no. Oh, man. So you think about books that were written, 66 books in that time span. So you've got Shakespeare, you've got Queen Elizabeth in England, you've got Amsterdam coming on the scene, you've got the Spanish Empire, and everyone's like, we don't like you. And then you got like the Mongols coming in. And so all of these events, Industrial Revolution, a book may be written every so often, and for them to have the exact same storyline and, and to loop together and to intermingle their, their paths throughout history until you have this one book. That's what makes the Bible so compelling. You're like, what? How is this all connected? How, how is this story so, you know, consistent throughout? So that's my little, let me throw that in for the Bible. This is Scott also trying to uh, tell me like, hey, 
give it a read. Give it a go. Give it a go, Joey. Give it a go. And, 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 and maybe practically for the listeners, if you do need like a, if you are whether you're reading the Bible for the first time as someone who's curious or you've read it a hundred times and are a Christian, like if you want the context, a great resource for that is a YouTube channel called The Bible Project. And they have a little video that summarizes each book or maybe half of the book of the Bible. And it gives the context and the themes and kind of the style of the book. And that's just a great little resource as like a introduction to the different parts of the Bible, because as Scott says, they're all very different. Um, and sometimes for us who aren't expert in these things, uh, like it's hard for us to see these things. For sure. 